Hi there, and welcome to a different way of seeing. Have you ever wondered how a disabled person lives their life? Join our host, Lois Drachen, as she chats to people about work, education, travel, sport, the arts, and leisure, and the tools and techniques they use to live their lives with the disability. And now, on with the show. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of A Different Way of Seeing, a podcast where we talk all things disability. I'm your host, Lois Strachan, and today we are joined by Kalina Powell, all the way from Toronto in Canada. Kalina, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to be here. It's great to have you with us. and We're looking forward to chatting with you. To start off with, though, maybe it would be a good thing to ask you to just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about who you are and your story. Yeah, definitely. I just want to say hello, everybody. My name is Kalina. I was thinking, get ready for popcorn. I am in a, I'm in so many things. So I am a statue speaker. I'm a coach. I'm an author. And lastly, I'm an advocate for the deaf community. I teach people how to be inclusive for the deaf community, especially on social media platforms. Or even off the platform as well, how can we do better? And yeah, so that's what I do. Can you tell us a little bit about your own journey with hearing loss? Of course, of course. Um, definitely, I became deaf at the age of four, which is very interesting. Um, it due to an infection, unfortunately. Um, so my family started to describe an eardrop, and my family told my mom instruction. At the time, I was going to daycare. The daycare did not follow instruction. However, that same day, I went home. I became deaf. So that was a very interesting journey for me, especially as a four-year-old who don't know how to speak, who don't know how to express herself very well. Um, you know, my family had plans for me to go to school, and I was actually put into two separate schools. I was put in the deaf school in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I put, the, I put it in the hearing school in the afternoon. So, yeah. You did originally learn sign language? I did when I went to the deaf school. However, up to grade three, I was asked to pull out of the deaf school and put in the hand school full time. So, however, when I would transfer to the hand school, I was not able to continue my sign language because there was no one that spoke sign language in the hand community. What would you say are the most challenging aspects of living with hearing loss? I would think communication. Um, a lot of people um, think that because I am just deaf and they think that because I wear hearing aids, they think that I can still hear where I still can't always hear. There's few things 
I may hear, may not hear. So, um, so that would be definitely my challenge I have. I would say communication and people not being aware of the education of reading deaf. So that would be the challenge I really faced a lot. I would imagine that in terms of communication, that light and dark play quite a role in that as well. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes it easiest for you to communicate with with people? Um, it really depends. Um, if we are on Zoom like this, I have to see your lip. Because uh, I'm a lip reader, so I rely heavily on lip reading as well connected with my hearing aid. Second, I need to have closed caption and a lot of things that I do because I may not pick up everything that is being said 90% of the time. So, and third, I would say is that, you know, talking very slowly and um, just kind of, you know, and I understand when people are like, oh, Kalina, but it's so hard to talk slow. I understand. I come from a Caribbean island background and we talk really fast. And sometimes I talk back too when I'm nervous. Um, but that is how I usually communicate. And communicating when you're in crowds of people, how do you how do you navigate that? Ooh, that's a really good question. I don't. <laughs> um, sometimes it really depends. I avoid group um, conversation. Um, usually, I take a step back and observe what we talked about, and then I will put. Uh, my words in it afterwards if I feel comfortable um, there are times where I'm like eh, I don't want to talk I don't know I don't know um, so yes I'm not really give a good conversation at all because it's very hard to keep up especially if you have five people and, you ha- and you're a lip reader I always have to move my head all the time so it gets really exhausting for me a lot of times <clears throat> and I can imagine because often in a group People talk over one another and the conversation moves quite fast from one person to the next. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us because that's quite interesting to me. You've also recently graduated from college. Now, I'm very curious, obviously, in the last few years, Colleges around the world, COVID has been really impacting us, and a lot of studies went online. Did your studies remain in on campus, or were you studying online? And how did that work for you as as a technique? Um. So I graduated from university. Um, so I was online. It was a lot easier for me because I didn't have to rely on note takers to take notes for me in class. Sorry. And it was a lot easier for me online because I'm able to take, um, take notes on my own and I was able to record 
on my own time. And there's a lot of recording lecture, which made it a lot easier for me to keep up. And it's a lot more flexible instead of going around campus where I can sit down on my computer and just press recording. So it was very good. I, I prefer online than face-to-face. When you were on campus with your studies, did you find that your lecturers were willing to accommodate your needs or was that quite a, a space where you had to advocate for yourself? I would say on face-to-face, it's very challenging. I have to consistently advocate for myself, which was something that I don't both like doing, especially professors who, especially professors who are, are not aware. And then I actually had a professor that failed me because he thought I was taking advantage of my accommodation. <coughs> Sorry. And it's very unfortunate because I was very frustrated. I worked really hard to get here. I would say it was very difficult versus online. I can imagine so. Wow, that that must have been a real, a really difficult um, space to be in, having that happen. And congratulations on graduating. I think that's fantastic. And um, I, I believe you are planning or in process of starting a coaching business online. Tell us about that. Definitely. People always ask me, Clita, how did you come up with the idea of online coaching? And I was like, oh, like, I just never had anybody that looked like me when I was growing up. And it was very limited about about the deaf community awareness. And I thought, like, why can I not be the first person to become a deaf coach? And it was something that I always had passion about, which helping people. But I didn't know how can I help people, especially those who are deaf. And, and second, uh, to my coaching, it's social. So it's online, has a much not like online better. Um, so it's around the globe, and I can actually connect and interact with people around the globe. And I do have three different offers. So I do one-on-one, family, and couple uh, coaching, as well relationships. Just because, you know, we have to go through a lot, especially with relationship, family, individual. So that's what I do. I focus on positive psychology. What I mean by that is I focus on your present and your goal. Because I noticed a lot of time, a lot of time, um, a lot of therapists or mental health coach, they focus so much on the trauma where there's some people that don't want to focus on trauma. There's people that want to focus on the now and achieve the goals. So that's why I showed my, my, and yeah, sorry, that's about my coaching request. I think that's really important because you're absolutely correct. Not seeing people or, or seeing ourselves reflected by the, the, the people that we are working with can be more difficult. It's harder to connect with someone if you feel that they cannot empathize or understand the the life that you're living. That is correct. I, I 100% agree. I just thought that there's that uh, reputation, especially 
there's not a lot of therapists who have a disability, and it's very unfortunate. Can we chat for a moment about your advocacy work? Because you mentioned in your introduction that you are a passionate advocate for the abilities and the life choices for people living with hearing loss. What kind of advocacy work do you do? That's a very good question. I advocacy work I do is it's along with my international speaking. So I have spoken a lot of different podcasts, seminar, webinar, and I speak about how to be accessible. And had while I have spoken to teachers, and had while I have worked with influencers and who have like YouTube channel who are I influencers on Instagram and. I work with them and I teach them how to be more acceptable, especially on social media. So that is what I do for advocacy work. You yourself have an, a YouTube channel, don't you? Yes, I do. Tell us where in on YouTube we can find you. On YouTube, you can find me under Deb Queen Boss. I love that title. But why? Deaf Queen Boss? Honestly, my personality is very, very strong. It's very funny. And people say, you know, when people meet me, they always say that you have that strong leadership personality. You are very passionate. You always go for your goals. You always go for your dream. You are a boss. And um, people may ask me, how do you come up with that name? And I said, it took me a good week to come up with that name. <laughs> And what can people find on your channel? So I'm a shadow. I'm very, very, um, a little bit behind. Um, I never realized how much work YouTube is, okay? Um, so I honestly talk about my personal life and question Q&A. Um, I only have like three videos up, so I have to really get back on that. I know that recently you've been focusing in a slightly different direction because you recently published a book. So I think we can forgive you for not having the time to do both. Tell us about your book. Yes. Um, yeah, that's what also holds me back a little bit with my book. And my book is called Every Day I Am Just Us. And it's about me being deaf in the hand community. It's mixed with poetry and biography. It's only 95 pages and very short. It's so cute. It's not too long because I don't like reading books myself, but I love reading poetry. Poetry is very beautiful and unique. And yeah, that's about my book. What, what made you start writing the book? Very easy question. I always ask the her community, have you ever read a book by a deaf person? 95% all told me no. And that's why I choose to write a book. I've had the, the, the opportunity of reading your book. And I love the, the honesty and authenticity that you bring across in sharing your thoughts. To me, it almost reads like stream of consciousness writing, but it's just so honest and 
really authentic. So well done on publishing and I wish you every success with the book. I'm sure it's going to do well. Thank you. Thank you. So if you had the opportunity to reach everyone in the hearing world, what would you like them to know about deafness? I would say that not every deaf person does sign language. I think that a lot of people always think that every deaf person does sign language. That's not the case. Uh, second, I just wanted to say that don't ever disrespect someone who not just deaf, but someone who has a disability as a whole. And don't try to think you know what you're doing where you don't. And I know a lot of times people by accidentally overstep time by helping. So that would be definitely two top thing I would say. I would agree. And I think that is common to other disabilities. Certainly I can relate to situations where I as a blind person would love for people to know that. And similarly, everyone believes that because I am blind, it automatically means that I read Braille just as you stated that not every deaf person uses sign language. So thank you. Those are three very easy and simple things for people to understand. If people would like to reach out to you and learn more about you or contact you, how can they do so? By following me on Instagram, which is Deaf Queen Boss, and my website is KalinaEmpowerment.com. Great. That's fantastic. Thank you. We will include those links in the show notes as well. Finally, oh, where can people find the book? I forgot that part. Uh, the book, it can be found on Amazon. On Amazon. Great. And the title again, so that people get that. Every day I am just deaf. Every day I am just deaf. Thanks, Kalina. So as a final question, what advice would you give to someone who has a recent diagnosis of hearing loss or of imminent hearing loss? I always say that find your community. Find out if there's a center for the deaf community in your area because you will need that support. And to join Facebook. Join a lot of Facebook groups if you can. And third, try to find out, especially now social media is so big, find out who you can follow and be really mindful how you're following people and study your diagnosis. Really, really study it so that you can help yourself and so that way when you meet someone that person can come and help you so that would be my tip I think that's so important in all of those firstly to find the support base of people who can help you through the transition but also to build community I think often people feel very isolated and knowing that there are others who have experienced something similar 
can really help to just shortcut the journey of that transition. So those are really good pieces of advice. Thank you for that, Kalina. Anytime. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of A Different Way of Seeing. If you enjoyed what you heard, why not follow or subscribe to the podcast? Just click the button wherever you're listening to the episode. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Different Way of Seeing. We would love to connect with you. So find Lois at loisstrachen.com or Facebook, Lois Strachen Speaker. This podcast was edited by Craig Strachen using Hindenburg Pro. Hindenburg, it's all about the story. The credits are done at Naledi Media. Naledi Media, all your vocal needs under one roof. Read by Charlie Jassy. That's it for now. Thank you for joining us and see you next time when we bring you into the world of seeing differently. Thank you.